The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. Live Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week. We've got a great show in store for you. Of course, all the interviews you hear on today's program are available in their entirety at thecrudelife.com. Here every week, we like to put together some of our best interviews that we've done over the week. The Crude Life interviews all kinds of newsmakers, truck drivers, cafe owners, policymakers, you name it. If they're involved with oil and gas, we want to hear from them. In fact, we'll even hear from anybody with any energy because here at The Crude Life, guess what? 96% of the things that we do on a daily basis involve petroleum and fossil fuels. Can you believe that? 96% when you actually step back and look at everything involved from your toothpaste to your toothbrush to the makeup you put on to the jacket you wear, to the car you drive, to the rubber on the tires. Woo-hoo! That's just off the top of my head. I didn't even get into the actual, like, light switch and that whole deal. By the way, folks, next time, you know how they say thank a farmer? I'm almost thinking we're here at the Crude Life. We might start a campaign. Thank an oil and gas worker. Thank a fossil fuel worker. I mean, especially in North Dakota. I think last time I checked, when I talked to Public Service Commissioner Randy Chrisman, he told me that something like 70, 80, even 90% of North Dakota's energy comes from coal. And we even kick it over to Minnesota, a neighboring state, and down into Iowa, too. I think it even reaches down into. But when you think about that, that every person out there who wants to click and clack on their keyboard, whatever their interests are. It doesn't matter if you're buying bird seed or you're protesting against something on bill number XYZ. It needs fossil fuels in order to do that. So the same way you should thank a farmer, you should thank a rancher when you go and have a burger, you should probably thank an oil and gas worker or a coal miner when you flick on the light switch. And guess what? The whole renewable wave, you can't have renewable without fossil fuelable. I mean, just the wind turbines alone between the cement, steel, and fiberglass, they need fossil fuels for that. So the nice thing about what we're doing here at The Crude Life is we're trying to bring some normalcy. And unfortunately for you folks, we have to live the crude life to do it. So, all right, we're going to get right into, unfortunately, look at me getting all dramatic on this Week in Review edition. We like to let our hair down a little bit here and have some fun. We used to be so sterile, you know, that news magazine style, but now we're living the crude life. So what do we got on today's docket? Let's take a look at today's menu. John Clark, Clark Energy Consulting, shares his latest insight from the OG Brief, fracking faster and safer than ever. John Clark, Clark Energy Consulting coming up in just a moment or two. 
Joe Dancy, our energy educator and expert. He joins us on the Crude Life podcast, so it's from there. Uh, we do a thing called Headlines, and he comments about the recent layoffs, about the future of oil and gas, what's going on there. So a lot of layoffs in the last six months. And, of course, when you have layoffs, that, that ripples, and it has also some some delayed impacts, if you will. Severance pay, 401ks, savings, second jobs. You know, it takes a little while before that creeps up and then hits the economy. So we talk about how uh, we, we actually discussed this last October, Joe Dancy and I did. So he comes on the program to say, boy, did we read the tea leaves right on that one, Jason Spies. So Joe Dancy coming up. Tiffany Wilson, Aries Building, gives an overview of their services the temporary housing they've got in Watford City and they just relocated some from Tioga down to the Permian and Delaware Basin obviously the uh, Permian and Delaware is the hottest place going on right now in the United States and uh, the Bakken is really seeing a bridge between the two I know a lot of companies that are running back and forth between North Dakota and Texas man I wonder how much driving that interstate gets what is that I-29 I-29, right? 94 goes east and west. 29 goes north and south. So if my memory serves me correctly, the odd numbers go north and south, I-29, and the evens go east and west, I-94. See, in Fargo, North Dakota, we have an intersection of I-94 and I-29. So not only are we pretty much geographically centered in the North American continent, but we've got two major interstates going through Fargo, North Dakota. So whenever you hear talk of hydrogen stations, Fargo is usually one of the top ones that gets mentioned because of the cross-section of interstates. When you've got that happening, you've got all kinds of uh, transportation uh, advantages, really. So uh, anyway, I digress. Tiffany Wilson going to join us with Aries Buildings. It's like Cliff Clavin hour here today on The Crude Life. All right, coming up next is... People are going, who's Cliff Clavin? Boy, am I getting old. William Prentice, Meridian Energy Group, joins us as well. They've done an environmental social management plan, ESMP. It's a new acronym out there. And banks, because of the climate change movement, what's going on with banks is they need some ESMP certification out of oil and gas companies that basically says that they're going to be environmentally and socially responsible. So William Prentice, Meridian Energy Group, of course, with the Davis Refinery, who have been extremely transparent for the last, I don't know, four or five years. Uh, he comes on to talk to us about even more. I mean, that's something else, really. When you step back and think about it, the world we live in today where an oil and gas company will come on airwaves like this and talk about their books to the tune to where they their certifications and it, that's... That's, uh, that's transparency, folks. So great program today. John Clark, Clark Energy Consulting. In just a moment, Joe Dancy, energy expert and ex-educator, talking about our recent layoffs and the future of oil and gas. Tiffany Wilson with an update on the mobile offices and temporary housing. And then William Prentice with Meridian Energy Group. All right, no more talk for me. John Clark, Energy Clark Consulting. Go ahead. Certainly. So, you know, my background in fracking, I spent a, quite a bit of time in the field and, and also in the office. Last episode, we talked how drillers are setting records in well length. And this week, I'd like to give a kudos to 
my buddies in the fracking world and how innovations are improving efficiencies um, and also reducing injuries. There's an old adage that in industrial processes, operations can be done safe, cheap, or quick, but not all three. Well, that's changing in today's oil field, and I'll talk a little bit about how fracking technologies are redefining this. Last episode, I mentioned how the U.S. rig count is down about 25%, while frack crews are down about a third. Uh, and you know, years ago, one frack crew could service roughly two rigs, but due to the advances in drilling abilities and the ability to frack faster than ever, one frack crew now services about two and a half to three rigs. It's interesting because the you know the, there's technologies that have uh, improved the ability to frack more stages per day. I recall you know about a decade ago, uh, single well operations were the norm, where you would frack a stage, run wireline into the well, frack the next stage, and there's a limit of about you know three to five stages per day. You know, a lot of the crews would take breaks for lunch. Not today. That was John Clark with Clark Energy Consulting. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coming up next, Joe Dancy, energy educator and expert, talking about the recent layoffs happening in oil and gas. My name is Jason Spies. This is The Crude Life We Can Review. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, the Davis Refinery. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up next, Joe Dancy, energy educator and expert, talking about the recent layoffs and the future of oil and gas. This is Joe Dancy with Texas A&M Law School, their online program. Thank you for joining the headline portion of the Crude Life podcast today. Also, we'll podcast this and post it as a separate interview, but... Today, uh, Joe Dancy, he's our energy expert and educator. We're talking about amid lower gas prices, natural gas prices, Chevron Appalachia to begin layoffs at Moon Headquarters is the headline we're talking about today. But Joe Dancy, he emailed me this morning and, and reminded me that this is a topic that we talked about last fall. This is a topic I talked about last summer. And this is another one of those reasons why I do get an email from time to time calling me the shale play prophet. So anytime I can, you know, have a fun nickname, I gotta, I gotta have some fun in the world again. So we've not had fun in the energy industry for a little while, and it's looking like uh, there's going to be some tough times again coming up. Uh, Joe, talk to me about what you are seeing in the tea leaves and what we've been talking about with this layoff issue with the Appalachia uh, Chevron deal here. Well, Jason, uh, we, yeah, we think we talked last October or November, and you mentioned during the interview that, and I hadn't thought about it, we were just talking about oil prices and gas prices and oversupply of gas, and you mentioned, gee, after the first of the year, you think there's going to be a lot of uh, downsizing in the industry, and I, I hadn't crossed my mind, of course, being a professor, I really don't 
you know, I'm teaching the legal and the economic and the technology end of things. So I really don't think about that. And you have much better contact with the industry and the industry people. And should be in North Dakota also with the energy industry than I have here in Dallas. Dallas is pretty diversified. And thinking about it, though, and when looking at it, it's you were exactly right. After the first of the year, things have all my, you know, I have quite a few friends who are title attorneys. Title attorneys, for those of you who are not familiar, you know, before you drill an oil and gas well, you need to go out and figure out who owns the, the property. I have a, quite a few friends that are landmen. Landmen, you know, get out and make the deals. They get the leasing. They do the curative. And all of them, you know, started telling me in December, it's like, Joe, you know, the drilling's disappeared. The, con- you know, every, the interest has disappeared. And, of course, my, my comment to them as well, wait till after the first of the year because people will you know feel better you'll get better capital expenditures approved by the board of directors and they'll drill a few more wells and um don't worry too much of course it's easy for me to say you know sitting in my university chair and not having to worry about the uh, the overhead and and uh clients and collections and drilling activity and uh essentially the um you were exactly right. The drilling, you know, drilling right now is down 25% from a year ago in the United States. And I don't know how North Dakota is going, but I know Oklahoma has fallen from gee, a little more than a year ago. They were drilling 150 wells were drilling and now there's like 50 and Texas has dropped off significantly too. We're still number one. North Dakota is still hanging in there. I think you have quite a few rigs running, but not, you know, nothing like Texas. It's, it's uh, and I'm sure it's fallen off. Cause I mean, when you look, I mean, you mentioned in the opening statement, um, natural gas prices now are, I think, I, I think I saw this on the Energy Information Administration website. Uh, I think uh, gas prices, natural gas prices are at like 10-year lows. And it's, and I was telling my students, you know, when you're running a lot of this natural gas, or at least historically has been used for electrical generation, and when your fuel costs go from, you know, $2.50 a thousand cubic feet to a dollar eighty if you're buying on the spot market i go that means electricity these electricity companies are you are you your your profit your electricity costs are not going up and your ability to generate and make a profit if you get cheap fuel that's the biggest thing that goes through a generating plant is the fuel and so uh it's real positive unfortunately you know god we have all this flaring in texas and flaring in north dakota and it's creating some real industry issues in fact it is interesting the last week I was at Professor Coleman at SMU. One of my colleagues did a talk on flaring at the, uh, it was at the Belo mansion to the Dallas Bar Association Energy Group. There was, it was standing room only. I've never seen that in 20 years of going to these meetings. We have never had standing room only. People were like, just, they were, um, you know, what do we do when prices of natural gas are, you know, a dollar seventy-five, and we don't have the pipelines? And he goes, you know, he was talking about, and you're probably familiar with this in North Dakota too, you know, negative natural gas prices at the wellhead. And it's why is it negative? It's like, well, there's no market for it, and there's no pipeline, so that you actually have to pay these guys, you know, to take your gas, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, which creates all sorts of issues, but one of those is like you let off here. You know, if you have if you have such low returns on oil and natural gas, you know, do you need to drill this many wells? And you you take twenty five percent of the wells or two hundred to three hundred wells. I mean, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of frack crews. That's a lot of landmen. That's a lot of title attorneys. And you run that through the economy, and it is it is brutal. And it's uh, 
it's difficult for me because I know my students and my ex-students who have been out there for a while and God, I've been teaching oil and gas law now for 35 years. It's, you know, they're contacting me. I was like, well, Professor Dancy, do you know any openings? And I was like, well, unfortunately, if you're a landman or title attorney, I really, things are really slowed down. And it's, you can't, you can't generate title work if there's those wells being drilled and i and you can't blame these companies because i mean you do you know you have an obligation to your investors whether they're shareholders or whether they're they're private individuals or whether they're endowments um you know to get a return and so when you get a dollar 80 gas and and actually jason i think um oil prices in the futures market just broke below 50 dollars which you know a week ago or two weeks ago or a month ago was like 58 which when you're getting $58 a barrel, that's just about you can you can be a viable entity for most companies now with the shale cost, et cetera. But when you get down below 50, it's brutal. And I mean, I told my students yesterday, you know, what you're going to see if this virus and if the demand continues to impact, you know, globally, the demand for oil, if you get oil prices below $50 a barrel for any length of time, it's going to devastate North Dakota. It's going to devastate Texas. Of course, they're most interested in Texas and devastate Oklahoma. And, and Oklahoma is a very energy centric state. Texas is a little bit more diversified. And the good news in Texas, we have a bunch of refineries. You know, one thing North Dakota does not have and one thing they should have. I know you guys are looking to build a new refinery, which I think is, a, in my opinion, is a great idea because it essentially would utilize a lot of that natural gas and a lot of your assets there and and uh and actually be much more stable when you have oil low oil prices you your refinery still operates which keeps the economy spinning out there in western um western north dakota but uh but it's brutal and i don't know what to, and i know in houston a month ago they there was other uh, there was announcements also with regard to a number of larger companies uh Shutting down and in Oklahoma City and Elk City, I think uh, the Halliburton shut down and laid off 500 people. And I mean, you don't, you don't, if you're not fracking and drilling wells, you know, why do you need, why do you need uh, service companies uh, to, to log and the frack and the analyze? And so it's, uh, it's, it, but you and I have been, we're old enough to know it's a cyclical business. I mean, my concern is going forward. Why would you look to the energy sector to, you know, for employment other than, you know, if you just really needed a job? And, uh, you know, to me, I got in it because I loved it. I love mining. I love resource extraction. I think you're adding to global prosperity, prosperity of these small towns. A lot of these, if you like rural areas, and I love rural areas, you can, you know, live in, you know, western North Dakota and, and have a good living and, you know, essentially enjoy the outdoors. But, um, but with the current price cycle for almost everything, natural gas, oil um, prices, coal prices over the last decade, or, you know, it's tough to allocate capital to these businesses when, you know, you can, you can invest in uh, Tesla, which, you know, is not profitable, but the, you know, the stock has done, I mean, I think it's done relatively well, or some other, you know, solar energy companies or the like. So it's sort of interesting. It's interesting to see. And it's, uh, but, but I will say, you know, you brought this up last October and November, that the slowdown, and I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about it. And that was Joe Dancy, energy expert and educator. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coming up next, Tiffany Wilson with Aries Buildings. 
talking about the move from Tioga down to the Delaware Basin and an update from their Watford City location too. My name is Jason Spies. This is the Crude Life Week in Review. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by Make Energy Great Again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make Energy Great Again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make Energy Great Again. Visit KeepEnergyGreat.com. That's KeepEnergyGreat.com. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, the Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Welcome back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up next, we talk with Tiffany Wilson with Aries Buildings. Tiffany Wilson, Aries Building Systems. Excellent. Thank you for joining us here today. Aries hey, Building Jason. System. Oh, hey. Well, sorry to interrupt. What's up? <laughs> hey, Jason. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. What's happening down in your neck of the nape? cold but actually it's like only 30 degrees today which is warm so we're not wearing our coats but it's fog weather so we got to have our fog horns available i can't even see across the street but that's all right i we love it in the Bakken. i just talked to a, a, a friend of mine in wyoming in gillette wyoming one of the energy capitals of the world you know we've got several but uh gillette they've got horizontal snow so that's coming <laughs> That, that's coming our way in North Dakota. That's my least favorite of snows is horizontal snow. Um, anyway, but so Aries Building Systems, uh, first t- talk to me about what you guys are doing, uh, your services, et cetera. Give yourself a plug before we get into the interview. Well, we sell space. I mean, that's what I'm known for. I sell space um, primarily to the oil and gas industry, but uh, we, that's what we do. And, uh, very well at it. Uh, we started in North Dakota. We're down here in Texas now. Um, loving every bit of it. 
um, great place to be. So that's what we do. <laughs> All right, let's let's define sell space a little bit more. What what do you mean by selling space? Like storage unit space or space for people? Storage unit, mobile offices. Uh, we've got mobile clinics going around. We've got classrooms. We just put in a women's leadership academy in midland texas out in the permian um primary focus right now is workforce housing though we also do um well site quarters um but we're going for workforce housing oil and gas industry that's where it's at (laughs) workforce housing okay explain that a little bit more and talk to me about some of the different places because you were up in watford city with some workforce housing correct yes sir we sure are uh, Watford City. You are. Excuse me. I use the I use the past tense there when I should have been using the present <laughs> tense. So my apologies. No, we've got we've got a big one going there. It's uh, almost a 400 bed camp. Um, everyone seems to really love it there. We've been in Watford since 2014. We started in North Dakota back in 2012. Um, due to the demand in the Permian Shell, we have moved two of our spots in Williston and Tioga down here to the Permian and Delaware Basin, but we do still have Watford City in North Dakota. We love the Bakken. Moved a couple down to the Permian. That's not, um, you know, that's that's not, uh, I guess, an unpopular statement because there's quite a few people that have been doing that, whether it's from Colorado, maybe it's from Wyoming. You know, there's certain states where the regulations have stricken and there's certain states that just the price points are not there uh right. where, where where did you guys move to down in the permian i wasn't able to write with my notes fast enough so um uh, re- repeat that cycle if you wouldn't mind we have moved tioga north dakota and williston we moved those two temporary housing into the delaware basin over by orla texas and we've moved them out by odessa um is the permian shell um, just due to the demand, we've had so much. Um, everyone uh, wants to move into the Permian, and there's in such a need for temporary housing out here. Um, whether it's due to the oil and gas industry, we've had a lot of solar companies, uh, pipeline. It's just a it's a really busy place to be right now. So um, that's that's what we've done, and it's it's worked out really really well. What what type of uh, amenities do you guys offer? I guess. I'm familiar with, you know, with, with the chefs on, on staff and, you know, I, I mean, all the way to probably, who knows, personalized mas- massage parlors in each of the units. I'm not sure. I mean, they get pretty plush, but at the same time, it's, it's not a tent. It's a little bit more than that. So uh, what, what type of amenities do you guys, you guys have there? So here in West Texas, we do offer a 24-hour dining hall, chefs on site, housekeeping, uh, free laundry services, uh, you name it. It's, it's when you come onto an airy site, we want you to feel at home. So you guys do have the in-house, uh, in in-room massages? Then <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no massages. Um, <laughs> yeah, got got somebody there. You know, you know, massaging your back while you're eating your your lasagna at dinner. You know, That's, anyway. You know the the saying is is that. Um, you know, everybody loves the, the steaks on Saturdays. The, you know, you, you, they say you come in and you get the, the chefs are, are wonderful. I mean, you can't beat the food. I, I don't know about the massages, but you can't beat the food. 
So you guys do have the 24-hour chefs, and, and sounds yes. like you got a, a community area or something like that? For, right. Okay. Okay. And then um, uh, what about your mobile offices? You mentioned that. I can imagine those probably get used at well sites, too. Absolutely. So here in, the, in Midland, there's been such a need for it. We actually have a yard here right outside of Odessa. Um, people just need, have a need for temporary offices and well site quarters and wh whether they need them on the well or if they're building construction now, the construction's gotten so big out here, um, that we put a yard in. Um, I mean, we, we can do anything from mobile offices, classrooms, storage containers, um, to our workforce housing. Um, our leaders have been in this since 1982 and, um, this is what we do. I mean, it's like I said, we sell space. <laughs> so when you say classrooms, are you guys, is it like a, a portable classroom or are you guys actually doing classes like certifying people? So we put the portable classrooms in. Okay. We rent them, we sell them, we lease them. Um, we can put them in a full turnkey. I mean, the one that we put out here in Midland for the Young Women's Leadership Academy is amazing. And it gave the girls a fresh start in august to get going so so i guess uh, i should just cross out professor tiffany wilson i i, I thought i thought maybe you were a professor with a classroom okay i would love to be known as a professor i've been called a relentless bed broker i've been called a non-stop salesperson that doesn't give up i mean i'm, I'm willing to be called a professor non-stop <laughs> salesperson that doesn't give up that just flows right off the tongue boy i, t I can just see that as a business card right there as a happens to the best of us so so okay storage containers what, what what are we talking about for storage containers are these like um those uh storage uh, f shipping units or is it is it more deluxe than that just describe what these oh. um storage containers would be we're gonna have stackable container container containers containers customizable miniature mobiles um you've got your temporary construction storage containers for your work sites um Anything that you really need, I mean, we're willing to, we've got two manufacturers here in Texas and California. We can build to suit your needs, basically. How many different locations do you guys have? I've heard, I've heard uh, North Dakota, I've heard Texas, and I've heard California now. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how many different actual locations you have and how many people are just subcontractors and et cetera, but... Do you guys have multiple locations or just a, a headquarters somewhere? So as far as workforce housing, we have 10. We have North Dakota. We have Oklahoma, West Texas, and then we have four in South Texas, um, which is differentiates us from some of our competitors. Um, South Texas is the Eagle Ford Shell, and there's a need for it. I know that people say, well, it's a spotty area. Um We've had a lot of success down there as far as Carn City, Three Rivers. We have a new location in Tilden. Um, we've just we've done very well in South Texas, so that's been a big plus for us. What are you guys doing in Illinois? That's more of our commercial side. Okay. The only reason I bring it up, that was, uh, the, the Illinois Oil and Gas Convention is our featured event today on our podcast. and. Uh -huh. And I forgot that there was even oil and gas activity in that area. So um, I just saw that you guys were in Illinois. So I'm like, what the heck are you guys doing in Illinois? So it's more of a commercial side of things. 
Uh-huh. We have a commercial side. We have a workforce side. Um, okay. This is, um, this is a big company that we um, were willing to sell space to whatever needs it has. So. And that was Tiffany Wilson with Aries Buildings. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Coming up next, William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group, talking about their new certification environmental and social management plan. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Week in Review. When the outside's chilly, the inside is warm, you've been wishing you never been born. All I can say is that you try to behave and try not to get your mind blown. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by Make Energy Great Again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make Energy Great Again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make Energy Great Again. Visit KeepEnergyGreat.com. That's KeepEnergyGreat.com. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Back to the Crude Life Week in Review. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for joining us. Coming up next, we talk with William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group. Meridian Energy Group is spearheading the Davis Refinery in Belfield, North Dakota, and the newly announced one in Kermit, Texas, the Walton Refinery. This is William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group. Yeah, we're, you know, again, we, we always try to make the point that this is not something that's new to us. Uh, the ESG acronym, uh, Environmental Social Governance, um, is kind of the broader concept. And, you know, the governance part of it is, is key because you can, you can espouse these uh, concepts and commitments to doing the things that are, that are good as far as the environment and society are concerned. But unless you run your company in a way that's consistent with that, it doesn't do anything more than give you some good press release material. So what we've done is, uh, you know, adopt everything that we began doing for Davis back in 2014 and put that into a environmental and, and social management plan, which is now a key corporate governance document. Um, you know, it has the same weight and, and sense of purpose to it as our overall strategic plan does. Um, and, you know, the, the key facets of it are, um, you know, again, I, 
I mentioned the equator principles earlier. Um, there are are ten principles involved in that in that organizing uh, set of documents. Uh, we went through this process uh, with our, both of our investment bankers here over the past three or four months, and an exhaustive uh, review by them as to where we were on all ten of those principles, and we're we have been in compliance with them for years. Uh, you know, and that just runs a gamut of, you know, uh, how you think about a project, whether it's a major project or minor, and all of our projects are treated as major. Uh, we do our own in-house environmental and social assessment, which in other words, you know, before we even applied for permits with Billings County, uh, we worked with, uh, you know, SEH and other firms uh, Zia Engineering to do a California-style environmental impact statement, including uh, you know Native American uh, cultural issues, uh, overall uh, societal issues, and we did all that before we applied for any permits. Uh, that material went into our Billings County uh, conditional use permit and rezoning application and also form the basis for air quality permits and everything else we've done. Um, and so, you know, this is a key aspect of, of what the equator principles are, are trying to point companies to. And that you're going to think about these things and you're going to run your company away in a way that's consistent with best practices in these areas and not just do what you have to do to get a permit and start turning the dirt over. Um, you know, other aspects of it are just, uh, you know, like uh, making sure that you have adequate stakeholder engagement, uh, which, as you know, you know, our, our transparency in the way we deal with the public at, at large uh, in North Dakota is, I think, second to none. Um, we've always been very open and, and engaged with everybody that has a stake in what we're doing. Uh, having a grievance mechanism is in place. You know, we, we have that. Uh, both internally and in connection with all of our various permits, uh, making sure that you know one of the principles is is ensuring that your environmental and social management plan is reflected in the way you run the company. And one way that's done through uh, the Equator principles as applied to project financing is that you have various financial covenants that require you to live up to what you say you're going to do on these on these issues. Uh, independent monitoring and reporting. Uh, we've already made it clean, clear we're we're going to you know submit to that. We gladly do. Um, you know the technology these days, for instance, on air quality monitoring, make it as easy as allowing somebody to log into the uh, monitoring devices that operate 24/7 and make sure we're in compliance. So there is absolutely no opportunity for anybody involved in our projects to hide the ball on whether or not we're in compliance with any of these issues. Um, so that's pretty much it, you know, uh, doing the right things, uh, allowing confirmation and, and co compliance checking and putting your money where your mouth is in terms of living up to it as far as financial agreements is, is kind of the guts of it. And again, you know, you, as you know, from having been associated with us, uh, you know, with what you do for these many years, this has been part of what we've uh, done as a company since day one. So, how do those those uh, principles 
and the goals that you guys have set forward, how do you implement that now into the construction and operation of the, of the refineries? It's, give us the next you know, three to six months or whatever it's going to look like implementing those goals and, and those principles into the first phases here. Sure. Uh, you know, again, it's, it's important to realize that there's nothing magical or mysterious about, about this. Uh, you know, the way we addressed uh, just one small aspect of that is, is air quality. And we get a lot of attention on that. So let's just take that as an example. Um, everything that we've talked about here was already baked into the preliminary design of the project when we originally submitted it to the Air Quality Division at the Department of Health. Um, without them telling us anything that had to be done differently, uh, we, through our own internal process, modified the design to improve the air quality characteristics of the project. Uh, six months into that process with air quality. Um, so in April of 2017, we originally submitted the application in October 2016. In April of 2017, we, we amended our application to reduce the emissions limits that we were asking for from the Department of Health. Nobody told us to do that. Nobody asked us to do that. Nobody said it would be a great idea to do that. We did that because that's what we set out to do as a company. And that was William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. That's going to do it for today's program. We appreciate you folks tuning in and joining us here at the Crude Life Week in Review. Thank you very much. There is so many different places to get your content and so many different people who are delivering content. When Ron Burgundy, the fictional character from Anchorman, has a podcast and you've got my neighbor's cat who has a web show and heck, I got Steve Harvey now giving me news between the gas pumps. So thank you folks for tuning in here and selecting this radio station and also the Crude Life Week in Review. Also like to thank John Clark with Clark Energy Consultant, Joe Dancy, our energy educator and expert, Tiffany Wilson with Aries Buildings, and William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group. Of course, those interviews in their entirety are available at thecrudelife.com, along with our social media pages and our podcast as well. From the staff here at The Crude Life Week in Review, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... Make energy great again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make energy great again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make energy great again. Visit keepenergygreat.com. That's keepenergygreat.com. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. 
You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 